Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard. It is 11.03 a.m. Oh, okay, and um, that's this truck. Another day, another dawn, as they say. So yesterday, again, I really didn't do much. Um, I set out some goals, but then I just didn't feel, I kind of felt lethargic and stuff like that. But I know that's a common, uh, once again, a common symptom of the uh, vaccine, if you will. Your body kind of recovering, um, fighting off, building those antibodies and whatnot. And uh, so I mostly rested up, just laid in the bed reading, you know, took naps and take it easy. Um, but it's still interesting because I spoke about this before. There's this problem of feeling productive or wanting to feel productive. I know, well, I'm not sure how many people have this problem, but I know a fair amount of people, you know, feel like that. And even if people don't necessarily want to feel productive, is as we all know, most people do not like to feel bored, right? Boredom is a very <laughs> um, annoying and not ideal kind of feeling. Most people like to do things and be active and you know live an exciting life and whatever exciting is for them, whether that's you know sewing thing, sewing clothes or or playing games or extreme sports like you know different people have different definitions of exciting but people don't like to be bored now I don't think I was bored I, I, I don't really get bored at least not for long periods of time um, but I did feel like I wanted to be more productive I was very restless still am but at the same time, I felt like I didn't have the energy, <laughs> you know, to really keep myself motivated to, to work on the things that I want to work on. So I've been constantly assessing, self-assessing this feeling. But I do think it's, once again, an important thing to think about, to address, you know, especially if we want to build a better world, build a world in which people can kind of can yes very much do things that they want to do to live their passion and everything like that and my ideal world is one in which people don't have to work in order to get their you know basic needs met i think it's a folly i think it's very foolish and 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 kind of dystopian that we have to you know work in order to in the 21st century we still have to work in order to get our food water shelter things like that because as much as much as we say we're so far advanced it just feels like it's not very much different than 10,000 years ago you know the only difference now is that or the main difference now is that yes our conveniences are very much more advanced and we have a lot more convenience but at the same time we have a lot less self-reliance you know like before you can pretty much forage on your own or with a small band of people and get most of your your nutrition needs met that way you could build your own housing 
you know it wasn't no match or anything like that but you can build a little shelter you can find some shelter for yourself but today you know of course you have to it's extremely difficult if you want to try and get all your own nutrition or something like that by yourself or with a small band of people like how would you do that you have to work for somebody else it's not it's just not the same you know and I know I'm probably quibbling here maybe taking a privileged standpoint but I do think it's a, it's a important distinction um and I want to I want to paint that picture again, you know. While well, I talked about a few episodes ago, I was trying to, you know, picture what a ideal future society would look like. You know, what what, what would that be? Um, it's a little hot today. Goodness, it was cold this morning or chilly, but now it's now it's a little hot. <laughs> Anyways, um, but before I get into that, I want to kind of talk about this feeling like for some reason or for many reasons I really wanted to I really would like to skip <laughs> the next few days and weeks like I feel like I want to just skip to <laughs> you know uh, when I have this job secured confirmed income coming in moving out you know um, having more personal space and time and finances and things like that you know and whenever I get that feeling because this is not the first time I've had it but it's been a long time since I have but whenever I get that feeling I, I worry about like why you know why do I want to skip this intervening time because again it's not about the destination like even when I get there it's probably going to be some new problems some new things to worry about some new stuff stressors or whatever else and um, this quote-unquote intervening time is is my life you know it's, it's not like like how uh, they showed in click that movie with the uh, what's the name Adam Sandler Sandler it wasn't a great movie but I think it was a cool idea like what if you had a remote and you could just boom fast forward <laughs> but as they showed there once you fast forward, you know, you go on, um, your body might go on autopilot, you know, and that is very disturbing, right, for your body to go on autopilot, and you're just kind of going through the motions, and, uh, you miss out on life that way, right, if you think you just skip along to the most interesting parts the, the important bits <laughs> um, if you really did that then life would be it wouldn't be the journey it would literally be you know a series of destinations a theme park like these uh, MMOs and games in which are supposed to be open world sandboxes but really just end up being like a series of um, high points or a series of you know um, interesting points and I don't think that's how that's what life that's what that's ah, I don't think that that's what makes life interesting you know it's not the high points that makes life worth living or interesting 
I think we, we often kind of think so. We kind of develop our stories around that. These quote-unquote high points. Whenever you look back on our own stories, our own identities, we usually talk just about the high points and the super low points, you know. Sometimes if we feel, you know, vulnerable or if we feel comfortable in that vulnerability. But for the most part, we don't really talk about the quote-unquote boring times, right? The times when you're waiting, the times where you're just trying to be patient. (laughs) You might do so in retrospect, like... Like, like uh, an aggregation, you say, "Oh yeah, I was patient for five years," you know. But what does that really mean? <laughs> you know, what was the daily activity? Like, what, what what did you feel every day as you waited, as you as you were being persistent, as you were being consistent? You know, what was that like? And that's what I feel like I'm facing now, because I know. I know that I have been very consistent. Oh, well, somewhat. Like maybe relatively to other folks, you know, fairly consistent. I know a lot of people say I've been very consistent and patient and all other stuff, but to me, it doesn't really feel like that. To me, most days feel like I'm extremely restless. <laughs> I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like there's more to do that. I feel like I'm missing something. I'm not doing something right. You know, I'm just I'm just trying. And I often fail over and over again. But I keep trying anyways because what else is there to do? <laughs> right? And um, so I know I will look back at this time in next year or even next month. I'm just like, oh yeah, I was being patient. I was all right, just biding my time or doing whatever. But... I don't know if I'm making sense with this. (laughs) It's just something about this moment where you feel like something is coming, but there's really not much you can do to make it come faster. You've done all you can do, pretty much. Anything else might be counterproductive, might actually harm you. (laughs) So it's better just kind of sit tight and wait for it to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then, you know, just put your head back, head down and get back, get back going try again but until then you know you kind of just have to wait for the cards to fall right for the thing to happen and that's what is very i guess that's what's frustrating because i feel like there's not much i can do um and i and i worry am i wrong maybe there is more i can do but i'm just not seeing it maybe i know i should do things like maybe i should do be better with my youtube be better with my podcast you know um, be better with my various different projects, be more consistent, do more stuff with these things. But then at the same time, I know that for a fact, if I, for instance, you know, start doing a, try to do daily YouTube videos, for instance, right? Let's just take one, this, this one example. If I try to do daily YouTube videos for the next few days and weeks, I know that if I get this job, which is looking like I will, and if it goes off, that's going to be 40 hours a week that has to be dedicated to this job. Maybe I can, you know, um, kind of kind of be flexible with that when I'm working at home and I can get most of my work done early and then whatever. But still, most of my time is going to be dedicated to that job. And so if I start a new project in earnest, like doing the U- like dedicating five days of the week at least to YouTube, then what happens when this job comes off, you know? 
I'm not going to say that would be a waste of time, but it would be weird because I, I would have dropped, you know, a new YouTube video every day of the week for the next week, maybe two weeks, maybe even three. Um, but then after that, I highly doubt I'll be able to keep up with that um, pace at that time. And that goes for all of my projects because once again, I have a lot of projects that I want to do. And I don't want to do just one. Like I said plenty of times, I just feel terrible when I do one. And it's actually harder for me to focus and harder for me to be consistent and productive. So it feels like I'm kind of putting myself in the corner here. Um, but at the same time, I know it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> you know? Because when I look back once again in a week, in a month, in a year... I'm just going to be like, oh, I was being patient. Or other people might look back on this time and be like, oh, you were still putting up podcasts. You were still, you know, trying to do newsletters. You were still doing this, that, and the other. Well, oh, that was amazing. But I was like, yeah, but I could have been doing so much more, right? <laughs> and it's just constantly, like, kind of back and forth with that type of argument, that type of feeling in my mind. Yeah, I know I'm overthinking this. I know. But I also feel like I'm underthinking this at the same time. It's so weird. But it is what it is, you know. That's that's the journey. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I do enjoy it. these moments of introspection and figuring out what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right, how to keep going, how to get better, all this other stuff. It's it's it's, it's exciting, you know. <laughs> Especially with me doing this podcast, because I know I have, I now have a record. Because usually I have these conversations just in my mind. Every now and then I try to write it down, but it just doesn't come out right. But when I'm talking, it's easier to just, you know, I don't know. I think it's talking and walking too. I can, I feel like I I can talk more freely because nobody's here. I can't. It's like nobody's gonna overhear in the moment. But at the same time, I know I'm talking to somebody. Right, so it's it's a weird feeling. Like I I can speak more honestly because nobody can overhear me, but I can also speak more honestly because I know somebody will hear me eventually, <laughs> and um, it forces me to both be honest and I guess comprehensive. Right, like when I'm having these conversations in my mind, I can kind of fudge, you know, a lot of these thoughts, like. Because it's in the, I don't have to go full, I don't have to fully explain myself. I think that's it. I don't have to fully explain myself in my own mind. When I write, however, because I'm constantly thinking and rethinking what I'm saying, I would, you know, write something down and, you know, for a while and then go back and, like, rewrite it. Or even if I try to, the, the method of not erasing anything and just going full mail, like, full pell, like, go writing, writing, writing. Um, eventually I get to a point where I'm just like, this is not even making any sense, or it just doesn't feel right. It's just hard, <laughs> hard to keep that momentum, that pace, especially with, you know, I'm not moving. I'm, I feel like I'm a physical person, fairly physical person. There's something about walking that also brings out more of the brain, more of the mind, gets you thinking more, at least for me. I know that is a, that is a common, you know, that's a psychological, um, I guess pattern, behavior, 
something that has been observed in many humans that when you walk you're kind of able to think more in some way the act of walking somehow rejiggers your brain get you get your mind flowing but um yeah i don't know something about walking and talking is just pretty magical I know I went off on a tangent, but that's also why I like, you know, kind of talking. Because, again, when I, if I'm talking to somebody, I would stop myself from going on all these tangents. Be like, okay, I got to focus on this one conversation. And if I'm writing, I, I see myself going off on tangents. Um, but when I'm walking and talking, I'm like, yeah, I'm going off on a tangent, but I'll get back to it, right? Or maybe I won't, but <laughs> I still allow myself to kind of explore those tangents. So it works anyways. And then, you know, seeing the trees and the breeze and the sun, butterfly, butterfly, (laughs) the butterflies, squirrels and all this other stuff, it's it's just nice. I guess it adds to it. Hmm. And I went way off tangent, but (laughs) yeah, I just, I just feel strange. I feel less like skipping through this time now that I've walked and talked. <laughs> um, but it's an interesting feeling. I don't know, it's probably the most I'll be able to talk about this for now. So, um, I should have drunk more water. My, my throat is dry now. But I still want to talk. I still want to talk about this idea, these ideas I have. So there's a couple couple ideas I have that are not fully formed, but it helps me to kind of, you know, speak speak out, get them out of my mind. Um So I I've, I've written these down and talked about them quite a bit. So let me let me go down the line. I'm not sure if I'll get to all of them. Uh, Some big ideas that's been on my mind recently is, number one, for games. Uh, MMORPGs specifically, but really any kind of open world sandbox game. I've been feeling more, (laughs) I'm not sure more and more, but like consistently I've been feeling the urge or desire to make a game. Um, But it's such an ambitious game. pretty much every game idea I have is so ambitious that I know I won't really be able to make it with current technology so it's no point Um, but I'll talk about it because I would really love to see games like this so the main games I want to create are MMORPGs that completely redefine what a um, MMORPG is and even what a game is not from a, oh, this is like a cool, artsy, you know, new experimental thing. But no, I mean, as in making it more like the games in which we see in our fiction, in our stories, in our um, shows, like sort of online type of stuff. But I'm not going to go down to that path like, like that. I'm more focused on like the mechanics. Specifically, I would love to play games that are extremely interactive that takes something like Minecraft and and put it with something like like Black Desert and put it with something like 
like freaking RuneScape or something. So let me let me get to where I'm. I'm just making a bunch of things here. Basically, a freaking Christmas list here. But <laughs> essentially, I want to play a sandbox game that is actually a sandbox. What I mean by that is the ability to create things on the fly within the game. When I imagine a MMORPG, right? I imagine a grand, amazing, almost like a Dungeons and Dragons experience, but with a 3D world. One where you can actually go fly through, like like the best fiction books I've read. You know, kind of like what The Wandering Inn, like I was talking about before. With, with such intense and amazing and immersive world building that it really gets you feeling like you're in another world, right? But it's not just a bunch of, you know, um, theme park type style things or kind of, you know, surface level things. But I'm talking about like it feels real. So let me go through that. What I would love to see in a game is one in which you can have your adventuring party or whatever. You can come together with some people and you can explore a world, a magical world, a a sci-fi world, whatever, a world or a, a bunch of worlds, right? And they're exploratory as in the same way that you can explore the real world, right? Where you can actually... I don't know why I can't explain this. Like, it's obvious, but it's kind of hard to explain because it's it's so obvious. But it, it feels like trying to explain it is is not does not explain it well enough. <laughs> Anyways, let, let me try it. Let me try it. Anyways, um, but yeah, you basically you can explore everything. You know, if they, if you're in a forest, you can actually pick the leaves off a tree. You can, <laughs> you know, you can dig in the into the ground. You know, it's the dream of the voxel world that a lot of people dream about. Um, that sort of thing. Where it's like the forest, I feel like actual forest. Like Valheim or Valheim, however you say it. You know, that game does forest really well for the most part. Um, it's at least better than most other games. Where it actually feels like a dense forest. Right? Where you can walk through and you feel like you get lost in the trees. And then there's a bunch of wildlife. You know, you see all these deer and squirrels and all this other stuff but of course with magic you can put a whole bunch of really magical looking creatures there or or sci-fi looking creatures or aliens whatever right where it feels like a real living breathing ecosystem in the game you know that's what excites me so much about mmorpgs or about the idea of mmorpgs specifically for sandbox it's like where you explore another world and it really feels like another world. Where it feels like it has actual ecosystems everywhere. And you have you walk into a forest or the plains or the desert or you know whatever other magical things you can think of. And there's like so much stuff going on that you literally can't discover it all by yourself. You need other people to help you. Right? And so it doesn't force you into creating you know, guilds and parties and all this other stuff. No, you just feel the need to do so. Just like our ancestors felt, probably felt the need to do so as they were trying to survive through the forest and and through through the wildlife. Right? Like I imagine, like, a big problem rather, let's start with that. A big problem with current MMORPGs and most other games um, is that, especially today, is that you can learn almost everything you can 
almost everything there is to know about a game before you even play the game, right? Through all these guides and walkthroughs and things like that. And of course, it makes sense why people make these because people want them, right? People want to kind of um, get a, if not get a leg up, at least be educated about what you know the best ways to do things or things like that. And it's it's a, it's a natural urge to do so. Like I don't want to waste my time grinding, as they say, you know, trying to level up or you know when I could be using the meta or going to the, some some other place that that would net me better results for my work, you know, things like that. Um, but the problem, of course, with that is that it takes all of the exploration, takes all of the novelty out of the game, right? Even if you might enjoy it at first, you might feel like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm making good progress, right? I know the best place to go to get this, you know, or, or, or to get this, you know, material. I know the best bosses to fight. I know the best monsters. I know the best class and all this other stuff. But it takes, once again, it takes away the whole magic of the game. It feels good at first, and then you realize that you're just, you know, you're mostly playing the walkthroughs. You're playing the guides rather than playing the game. And it's harder to enjoy the game for what it is in and of itself. Even amazing games that have really cool looking worlds, like Good Wars 2. You know, that was the last major um, MMO I played personally before my laptop died. <laughs> my gaming laptop. Um, and with that, I always tried to explore the world. It had they have really good art, um, especially back then when it wasn't so dated. But uh, it was a really cool world, really magical. But as I tried to explore the world, I really quickly realized how fake it all was like i mean obviously it's fake it's a, it's a game obviously but like the fact that there is not much to actually explore right there's there's and and this is probably controversial because get wars 2 does this better than most other games where they put points of interest throughout the map in random areas and you can they have dynamic quests and all this other stuff so it gate it engages you more in the world However, if you just try to walk around the world of Guild Wars 2, or probably any other map in any other game, it's really hard for you to discover upon a place that actually feels like it was not intended to be discovered, or rather, like it was like a, na a natural secret or some cool secret cave or whatever, right? Like you go, even the secret places in Guild Wars 2 where you find like those treasure chests or those vista areas, it feels set up. Like, they, they have, like they have jumping puzzles and things like that. And it's obviously somebody designed that for you to jump up these cliffs for you to get to this area. So even then, it doesn't actually feel like a sandbox. It feels like a theme park. You know, a really cool theme park, don't get me wrong, it's nice. But I, I personally would just, when I play an open world game, I really really want a sandbox experience you know Skyrim of course did this super well where you can go through the world and you can stumble upon a cave or some random place and then all of a sudden you end up in this huge quest line and all this other stuff and it's just like whoa right like how did I get here this is amazing I was just you know traveling by the wayside and then discovered something new but of course you know it's not it's not as a uh, sandboxy as you would really like because there are only so much wildlife there's like a handful of wildlife in the forest the forest is kind of not really a forest <laughs> um climbing up and down the mountains is very janky unless you take the path so like trying to go up the sides you can't actually climb 
Like you can't actually mountain climb. You have to stick to the pass or kind of jank your character as you kind of, you know, glitch your way up the slopes. You know, you run into invisible walls and all this other stuff. Like it's 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 great, but it's not great. You know, if you know what I mean. And so what I love what I would love to see in the game, especially an open world sandbox game, is a world that actually feels like an, a world, like it feels like it's alive. And even if people make guides around it, which people will, it still won't tell you enough about the game. Like it still will not take away from the discovery. It's very much like our world. And of course, people t- today will say, oh, no, we've, we've taken away all the discovery, all the magic from the world. But that's just because most people don't actually travel. Like, it's not because it literally has. Like, you can probably go outside today and, you know, go to your nearest forest. And if you really look, you'll be like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that. If you go to your, nature, your local nature preserve or things like that, you probably still would be awed by how much you don't know about <laughs> your ecosystem around you. What makes our world so, so feel so non-magical is, is because we've paved over a lot of it (laughs) right it's not because we've discovered all there is to know or even most there is to know like we still don't know most of what's in the ocean even in our own lands like in the forest most of us have no idea what's in the forest there are still many many plants and animals and and insects that we have yet to discover right and what, so what makes it boring, our world, it's not because the world is boring or because it's not, there's no magic in it, whatever, but because we've paved over so much of it that we'd rarely ever see the world for what it is. We just see the world we created, which is a pale, pale reflection, almost like a funhouse mirror distortion, a very boring one, a wasteland. So I would love to see more of that in games. Why in games and not in the real world? Well, because... I know I just asked myself a question. I'm not sure any people would ask, but that's how I think. <laughs> you know, to push myself along. But anyways, I, I do think that's a good question. Like, if you ask, you might ask, you know, why not try to make the world more interesting? You know, why would we build games that are so immersive and so engaging that people will, will, will spend hours and hours in the game and not in the real world? And the reason for that is I think that we grossly underestimate the level of transferable skills and transferable curiosity, transferable interests, right? The main reason a lot of people don't go out in the world is once again because we, we paved over, we, we created a wasteland. Not only physically, but also emotionally, psychologically, intellectually. Right? Most people are not taught to enjoy life. They're not really taught to enjoy and, and embrace their curiosity, their passions. We hear that all the time. You know, yes, oh yeah, uh, pursue your passions, but don't, but not really, because it's unrealistic. You know, don't dream too big. They say dream big, but not really, because you know it's too expensive, or you got to make a living, you got to do this, that, and the other. Like we, 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 our society, pretty much sabotages. Every effort of truly exploring and engaging and, and enjoying the world and finding the magic in the world, right? It really kills that. It, seems, it looks at that and says, you're, you're just a dumb and you know, naive child, right? <laughs> and that's very sad. But when people play games, 
right? When people engage in these different um, exercises or, or explorations, experiences, it sparks that in their brain, in their minds, where they become curious about the world again. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that in a virtual reality arcade, where people play these new games, they play, you know, a new experience, even if it's just a simple shooter game, right? A, the new way in which they engage with it, in which they, you know, interact with the guns or the environment and stuff like that, gets them thinking like, oh, wow, this is how things can be, you know? Not from a violent standpoint, but from a standpoint of, oh, what if I could be more engaged in my video games? You know, then they start looking around the world like, what have, been, what, have, what have I been missing all this time? All right, you see a glint in their eye like, wow, I can't believe I had that experience. And now they're going to be looking for more experiences. Maybe not from the arcade, but maybe they go home and try to find new games. Or maybe they go and try to learn new stuff. Maybe they, go, maybe they do try and you know, buy their own headset or whatever, right? But it, it sparks something in their mind where they're now thinking more. They're now wanting to get more out of life. Just a little bit. Just a fraction of a bit. You know, and the more they have these experiences and the more people are given these new experiences, you know, then the more their mind starts to think about the opportunities, the possibilities. And I think that's what we're missing a lot. And that's why I think games should be more engaging, more immersive, not from a manipulative, parasitic standpoint, because that's the difference, right? A lot of games today, they're problematic, not because people are so engaged with the game that they're ignoring the world. It's because, number one, once again, the world is so boring, right? We've paved over everything, all that stuff. Like, the world is so boring that most people can't find their passion. Like, they have no idea. I, I've been asking more and more people, what do you want to do when you grow up? Even 20, 30, 40-year-olds, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, what, 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 what do you want to get out of life? What's your goal? What's your path? All this stuff. I started asking more people about this. And it's, and it's so sad. Most people have no idea. Most people have, don't even want to really think about it. Like, ah, you know, I'm just trying to, just trying to you know, make a living. <laughs> you know, maybe I want to do this. Maybe I want to do that. Maybe I want to travel a little bit. But it's just a dream. To them, it's just a, an empty dream. Like, they'll never really get there. It's just a nice thing to think about every now and then. It's not really realistic. It's so fucking tragic. But that's the first one. So the world we create is very boring. And so that people use, people escape for a reason. Right? People forget. They, they like to say, oh, no, games are just taking people away. They're distracting people from what's important. No, you've, you've already taken everything that's important. Right? They're escaping the wasteland that we've created. <laughs> Right? If you don't want people to escape, then you have to show them that this world is amazing. Right? And how do you do that? Well, you show them, first of all, you, you begin to spark the curiosity. So that's the second problem. With current games, a lot of current games don't really spark your curiosity or your interest. They're made by... <laughs> and it's going to sound like kind of conspiracy, but it's, it's honestly true. It's like through dark patterns, dude. They're made to manipulate you to you know utilize your addiction um your dopamine levels to get you to click and get you to see what's in that loot box right <laughs> things like that they use all sorts of dark patterns to get you um and quote unquote engaged in the game that 
active that daily engagement rate or however they call it the daily active users you know stuff like that they get you engaged the same thing with social media right whatever gets you engaged not really engaged but just just looking just clicking just reacting doing things right using the platform there's no wider cause there there's no real fulfilling experience there facebook and all these google or whatever to say oh yeah we want to connect the world the world's people we want to you know connect people together we want to give people the best information but that belies what's actually going on like the feel the actual experience that people are having on these platforms that goes for the platforms and the games many of these games they just have you know oh sign in today and you get this nice loot box you know pay this amount and you can get ahead you can get this nice convenience, even with new, like New World, the new MMORPG from Amazon. All right, already, yes, it looks like a, it has some nice little pretty world, nice graphics. There's some cool, a few little mechanics in there. But already, people have already, you know, made so many guides about the game. You can pretty much know everything about the game before you even play. All right, most people are playing the game because it's new, because it's something, <laughs> not because it's the best thing. Right, and they play these games because their friends are going to be playing it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we can play together, whatever, let's go." And, and of course, people are going to be enjoying it and whatnot. They're going to have some some level of enjoyment from it. But is it going to spark their curiosity? Is it going to inspire them to go go out and create? Is it going to inspire them to you know do all these other things? Maybe some people, a small smidge of people, will be like, "Oh, what if I can make a game?" You know, whatever, right? But I I would wager that most people. I'm just gonna it's gonna be you know same as usual and that's why I really want to make a different type of game not just from a you know surface level perspective but I mean the game itself is literally almost like a simulation right what we talk about all the time simulation of the world but the reason why it will be different than a than a, just a regular simulation is because you're not you don't have to simulate the same things, right? What I especially love about the idea of a sandbox is that people can create within these simulations. Like imagine being able to explore the Earth as it was, you know, a couple thousand years ago, but with magic and technology or whatever you can you can do more things there if you want to create a kingdom you can you know create that but you can also see the impact it has on the ecosystem and you can actually see that play out live so you can actually see how creating like an empire destroys the ecosystem around you and things like that right we have all these empire building games but they don't really show you the impact of mining you know all the ore out of the earth and stuff like that people are going to be like oh that's not exciting I don't want to see all that blah 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 blah. but it will be exciting right because it won't just be clicking this mine here but no you can actually have to go mine it right you actually even if it's using magic or technology it will get you to think about different ways in which we can mine in the real world at least subconsciously right let's say for instance you can use magic to mine you know from this world and it has some magical, cool magical ore, and you have to fight these golems and all this other stuff. What if the golems are made from the ore, and they have a whole ecosystem within the ore mines or within the, you know, the mountains, such that um, there's little goblin children, or there's 
or, or um, golems and then goblins and uh, all and dwarves and all this other stuff that live in this, in these different mountains and all this all these things. There's a whole um, non-combat. There's like animals that typically don't attack but will if they need to, or they will flee, or this, that, and the other. And there's a very complex interaction between how these, all these other animals and things interact within this mountain, right? So engaging with it engages you in the idea of what an ecosystem even is right i think most people have this idea of what an ecosystem is but we don't actually understand we no longer have an intuitive grasp of this idea of an ecosystem and complex relationships with things but games when you play games you're able to intuitively understand these things you're able to experience them for yourself right we see that in games like eve where people actually have a better understanding of war and politics and all this other stuff by playing this really complex game. But that is missing in a lot of other games. And New World, people, or any other MMORPG, people really enjoy the idea of PvP and of building guilds and of taking over things because of that kind of experience of that idea of a fulfilling engagement of actually being involved in in a, in a in a political landscape that feels like it's it's complex right it wasn't created by some by some team sitting around saying oh yes we're going to have these people experience this and then this going to happen no it feels like it's evergreen it feels like somebody else around the world is doing something against your interests and now you have to you know figure out co- how to combat that and there's 100 other people there's a thousand other people involved and everybody has their own interests and all this other stuff and it gets you it just gets you engaged with it right it's, it feels like you're coming alive again i hear all these stories from people who played so many mmos over the years and that's what really stands out is these stories experiencing things that are magical in some way right that go beyond and so that's what I really want to bring but of course I just don't think we have the technology for all that right now unfortunately I think for the foreseeable future we're still going to have games that are very much theme parks and even games like uh, Minecraft you know it's going to be really difficult to turn that into a bigger sandbox experience. Simply because we don't have the processing power to have such a complex relationship between hundreds, not just hundreds, but thousands, maybe even millions of different types of animals and beings within one world. Because that's what it will take. We say, oh yeah, this world has a hundred, you know, over a hundred animals, over, you know, a thousand procedurally generated animals. No, we don't need procedural generation like don't get me wrong I don't want to poo poo that idea I think that's going to be an important part of this important part of the technology to make it happen but what we need is biology what we need is actually a world in which it has its own evolution cycle where you have tons of animals tons of beings it doesn't have to be animals either it could be magical creatures it could be other humanoid you know creatures or whatever but each of them right are similar is similar to our world like they interact with each other in different ways they create like whenever you see a nature doc you know what i mean like <laughs> just watching how all these animals interact with each other in new and different ways is just mind-boggling and we think we understand how these different actor interactions work but then you see something weird you see like a a monkey you know on top of a deer 
you know, just, just riding the back of a deer. You're like, what? How? Huh? I didn't know that could happen. <laughs> right? We need a lot more of these types of experiences. Because we, we can't experience them in the real world with how much we've destroyed the world. Or at least pushed it back. It's really hard to experience that. But I think if we create more virtual worlds that show these complexities and even show how hard it is to build them and how amazing it is to play them, I think it will make people realize that, oh, wow, we can, we can do this in the real world. Like, like what if we you know, create more permagardens and all this other stuff where you have these complex interactions in the real world? Maybe it will help us to understand why suburbia is a wasteland and understand how to build you know houses and and, and cities and and advanced technologies and, so, and societies in such a way that does not come at the cost of the ecosystem maybe that's a long shot maybe i'm completely you know talking on my ass here but that's kind of one of the reasons why i think it's super important to build games like that in addition to that we can also once again you know engage people's imaginations and what I mean by that is creativity is very much limited today even though we have more ways than ever of creating things the vast majority of people never create anything in fact the vast majority of people don't even consider themselves creative and that is a deep deep disturbing problem right whenever you hear someone say oh I'm not creative I'm like what you're telling me you don't think (laughs) Because creativity to me is thinking. It's just the ability to look at a rock and a leaf and be like, oh, what are all the different ways these things can go together? You know, you can wrap them up. What if the rock was a leaf? What if the leaf was a rock? What if you can, you know, form a ship around it? What if you can form a helicopter? What if you can, you know, it's just imagining. It's just thinking about the different possibilities. You know, running these weird simulations in your mind that will never be realistic, but maybe some of them, maybe some of them might be useful. Right? And the fact that most people don't think themselves as creative, to me, speaks that most people don't think themselves as thinkers, right? Like they don't, they don't realize how much, how much their brain is capable of thinking, of going beyond just the, the normal stuff that they see every day. And games is like no other allows us to imagine more. When you see something amazing in a game, it sparks your imagination once again similar to what I said before it gets you thinking like oh wow what if this is possible like it gets you thinking about the what ifs same thing as well with uh, you know um, fiction stories all these hero superhero you know things and fantasy stories that's, that's getting popular now I think a large part of that in addition to it being a form of escapism once again because we've created Wasteland but is also because it, it engages your imagination Right? Most people do not think about that stuff anymore. Most people don't even read books. Right? Well, I've read thousands of books. So when I see this new show, I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's not nothing new. You know, I'm just like, okay, it's nice. I appreciate a good Game of Thrones every now and then, but I know that it's, it could be so much better. It could be so much more imaginative. But to most people, Game of Thrones is the most imagi- imagination they've ever done in their life. At least since they were kids. And so if we create more games and even more shows, even virtual worlds, because that's where I want to get to next. But if we create more games and things like that, 
where people can actually, for themselves, imagine a new world, right? They can have their own adventure. They can create their own world. They can do all sorts of magical things, scientific things, technology things. Like they can engage in the process of creating and imagining themselves, right? And I think if more people are able to do that, then more people will be thinking more creatively when it comes to the real world. And you have now more thinkers. And I think that would be a good thing. And so, to continue this, it doesn't have to just be games. This technology to create you know, these really interactive and amazing games, I think can also be used to create really amazing worlds. Imagine being able to read your favorite book, and then you or somebody else creates a virtual world of that book and all this amazing world building I was talking about with this with this wondering in book imagine if I can create that right now if I can create this example of all this 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 book in this world and you can visit it on your laptop on your phone Mm -hmm. in a VR headset that would be absolutely stimulating amazing thing right I mean, at least I think so. Again, I might be talking about that out my ass here. But I think, you know, this could go so much further. We can create these virtual worlds from very popular books or that people have just made up on the spot. And so people can now visit them, right? People can then create shows. Instead of YouTube being full of just petty drama and all this other stuff it could be full of really interesting and unique stories from all these crazy worlds so it's now full of more people thinking even more creatively right where it it, it, um, compounds on itself because now many of these platforms and these channels can showcase not some random you know drama once again or like people just talking about uh, (laughs) a lot of the things they talk about on these uh, YouTubes and you know, trying to fight over the end of the world type of dystopian stuff. And people feeling more depressed, more anxious, more doomsday-ish than ever before. But now people can think with hope. People can think about, oh, what, what if this is possible? How can we make it possible? People will now have a, a even bigger reason to live. Because I hear a lot of people, it gets really disturbing sometimes, but people start to be oh it won't be too bad if the world ends you know at least all this will be over you know <laughs> whatever you hear a lot of doomsdays type of stuff and some people were just like oh i don't know if it's possible to you know save you know what we have next or people just imagining a, a, a um you know dystopian cyberpunk type of world situation i don't want to imagine that world i want to imagine more creative worlds you know and they, they, they won't be utopian you know they won't be perfect they will have their own problems their own wars and all this other stuff but it will be better because it will be more people thinking about what is possible, you know, and how to build solutions. And more people will be wondering how we can keep what we have or make it better instead of a lot, most people just figure, f- feeling like they're powerless. Instead of all these people feeling like there's nothing they can do and there's no reason to really do much and that you have to leave it all up to the authorities or whatever. No, most people will want to take things into their own hands. They want to create their own worlds. And as people engage with these different worlds, we can 
bring them into the real world, right? This is where AR and all this other stuff comes from, comes in. Where you can, you know, create lenses over the real world. Well, these virtual worlds that people have created are now meshing with the real world. And so you can see a magical creature in the, in the woods and all this other stuff, right? And as a technology gets better, we can make real life magic almost, all right? You create some sort of technology where you can have a real, like, magical creature that you created in the world within a real, a real, a real life force through some sort of hologram technology or some sort of advanced robotics, some sort of, you know, whatever. But slowly but surely, we can create a more magical world. It doesn't have to go that way if you don't want it to, if that sounds crazy to you, you know. But either way, the point is that people will be thinking more, imagining more, doing more, wanting more, dreaming more. And I think that's the world that, you know, I really want to live in. I think that's the world a lot of people want to live in. So yeah, there's a lot more to say about this. You know, I didn't even talk about the mechanics of the skills and things like that. Like, I think that's another huge part of this. But that goes into the finer mechanics of you know um, a specific type of game. Like, I would love to see action games where you know instead of you selecting some random skills that somebody else has created, you can literally create your own skills. All right, you can create your own magical spells and you create your own weapons. It was not, you're not crafting by, by some menu. You're literally crafting in the world. Right? Or you take some material in the world. You literally, with your hands, your virtual hands, you can shape it into whatever that you want. You can infuse some sort of magical thing into it. Right? It's all a physical, it feels like a physical craft. Like, <laughs> you know, like you would craft a real life weapon or, or object. I would love to see more of that. You know, and we're at the edge of something like that. You know, the game like a there's a game called a Township Tale, where it gets somewhat close to that. Where you have you can cut down a tree, have a block of wood, you put it on this like this mill thing, and you can literally, you know, hit the wood in different areas for it to you know um, go out. If you want to smelt things, you have to get some ore, put it in the in, the, in a huge smelter, and then pump the billows. You know, it's very active and people, some people won't like it, but others will. You know, that's the point. We don't, you don't want, we cater too, too much to um, the kind of lowest denominator, like the lazy people who don't want to be active in the game. And it's not even done accessibly. So it's not, it's not, oh, I'm trying to, trying to be accessible for all players. No, you're not. Because many of these games are not accessible. I think you can make you know, these different types of interactions, but each one is accessible based on that type of interaction. There's many ways in which a virtual reality game can still be accessible to blind people or people who can't use their hands or, you know, this, that, and the other. It's, it's difficult, yeah, but it's possible. I've seen it. I've helped some <laughs> plenty of people who had different types of disabilities or uh, different abilities, you know, help throughout these different games, play these different experiences. It's amazing to see. It's awesome. But, um, yeah, like, just with crafting, at least, I think that could be more, way more interactive, way more immersive. 
And that means only the people that actually want to craft, like actually enjoy this sort of thing, can do it. If you don't enjoy crafting, you don't, if you don't want to do that, those sort of actions, you can go do some other things, you know? Adventure the world, be a cartographer, be a, you know, whatever. It's like, once again, like speaking back to when the earth, when the world felt more open, felt more, felt bigger, felt more magical, felt less explored. Even though, again, it's not that explored. It's just paved over. But. That's what I really want to do. That's one of the things I want to do. You know. One of the many things I want to do. But I definitely see one of my like future careers being making these virtual worlds. Making these different interactions. In addition to all this other stuff I want to do. Like, you know, making communities more anarchic and more egalitarian. Making a... a information more available more actually open real you know um, what else more fulfilling you know making platforms that allow people to live more fulfilling lives and meet all these different needs of connection and purpose and being and all this other stuff creating just a lot of cool stuff you know, making the world more magical <laughs> yeah I'll end it there as always I'd love to hear what you think I came up with most of this on the spot um, so if, it's, if I'm lacking details you know look for a newsletter in the coming weeks I'll probably refine this this stuff more like I said I have thought about a lot of this to a great extent but I rarely ever write it down to this level of detail just because when I start writing things, it just it doesn't come out as well as I as I would like. Um, but yeah, once again, I like I like this 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 uh, back and forth of you know talking about it and then maybe listening back later and writing it down. Sometimes, I, most of the time, I don't listen back later. I just kind of remember what I talked about. But uh, surprising how much talking helps. <laughs> maybe because. I rarely ever talk to this extent um, with anybody in my life. I usually just talk in my head. So uh, it's, it's nice to be able to actually be verbal about all these different ideas. Um, but I look forward to, uh, you know, trying to make some of this stuff happen. And once again, if you're interested, or if you're not, if you think I'm grossly, you know, misinformed, wrong about this stuff please reach out to me i would love to hear your thoughts <laughs> but if if you do want to build this stuff you know if you do and if you think it's possible i'm not sure it is i think unfortunately we're probably a decade maybe even two decades away from this type of technology but i hold out hope and i and i certainly won't shy away from somebody that thinks that it, it is possible i will be critical because i i think it's there's a lot that goes in here um, but I, another thing I want to, I only have a few minutes, a few seconds left, but <laughs> I do want to say that I think a strategic way of doing this is to work on different parts of this idea, making different things super immersive, engaging, interactive, like, and, and making like little mini games or little small aspects of this and then, um, bring them all together at a later day. But yeah, anyways, that's it. Let me know what you think. Thank you for listening. And um, have a great day. See ya. Bye-bye.